guest, Hugh Hundley. Oh, you're so kind. You even said my name right. Thank you. I don't know why nobody else says it wrong. How do people I don't say know. It? Hugh Hunley. I don't know why I thought that I don't. It's been a long day. Originally Matthew. Originally Matthew. I despise that. A tidbit. Name. I despise that name like so much. I love that name. I don't. Okay. I don't know. I think that's a great name. It probably has to do with like repressed horror memories of my mother or mm. some sort of thing. Hence the name change. Yeah, no, that had to do with something completely different entirely. Um, something completely different. Yeah, that's a phrase we're going to say. Um, yeah, no, so we're drinking. Um, I'm, a, I'm a huge wine um, alcohol person, which I think they call alcoholic. I'm not, I think that's what they call those people. I've heard the term. I don't subscribe to that because I think most people who, c like, coin other people alcoholics are usually just upset because they don't have as much fun as we do. Yes. That could be a coping mechanism. I'm not sure. So this is Reconati. Um, it's one of my favorite wines. It's a deep red. It's a cab. I like the bottle. Yeah, isn't that cool? And it's actually from the Galilee region of Israel. So cool. And the way they do it, it's actually 2019. It's very young, but it is fully, in their eyes, fully grown. Mm -hmm. um, which, oh my gosh, it's so good. You're going to love it. Oh, you, you already, it? no, you poured me a little. Oh and my I, gosh. Let, I was letting it breathe. Look at you. Aren't we fancy with that <laughs> little glass? Did you see me put my pinky up? You have to. <laughs> you have to. My dad would glasses. be proud of me. Yeah, he probably would. Drinking wine with a somewhat stranger. <laughs> You're not a stranger. I mean, we don't know that much about each other, do we? I knew that your name was originally Matthew. <laughs> you know what? Touche. That's not fair. Many people know that. I you know, like. I feel like more than I care to admit know that. Oh, so I'm not that know. special. No, that's not what. I feel like well, I know I some secrets. I just stepped secret. in it now. <laughs> I feel like I know some secrets about you. Like, well, I'm sure you do, because you know Derek. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. So there's probably certain secrets about me I know secrets know. about you that you don't know that I know. Bless you. Um, <laughs> I don't really know how to handle that. Um, I think we're going to take a short commercial break and uh, discuss that real quick. <laughs> it's, your, it's your podcast. I'm sorry. You decide when the commercials are, but now oh, it's yeah. a great I time. Can, I can always edit things out, which I do, because I say a lot of stupid That's things. That's nice. Paul doesn't. Yeah. So that's why I don't do a video. Paul Aspen and I have Culture Beast, this podcast oh, yeah. monstrosity that we do. Do a little promo. Uh, Paul and Aspen, Paul Aspen and I have a podcast called Culture Beast. There's my promo. Um, please <laughs> listen. It's terrible. You'll love it. Um, it. I learn a lot because I don't know anything about cigars or cars. So yeah, that, <laughs> that's that's why we do it. Anything honestly. that they talk about. Um, so it's a culture podcast, but it's heavily car influenced. But we also talk about things that are important to us. So. Um, you'll get cars, you'll get booze, coffee, BMX, ugh, cigars, <laughs> fashion, music, uh, you know, stuff like that. You guys so. should talk more about coffee because that's like the one thing that I know about and you always only spend like two minutes on it. Well, because Paul, so Paul is under, I think, under the obs obsession, under the, what's impression. impression, thank you, I'm so tired, <laughs> under the impression that I don't want to talk about the things he wants to talk about, yeah. and he's absolutely right, but I will. <laughs> I will talk about them. I just, I will. Like, except BMX. Like, I, I don't care. And I should because it's part of culture. I don't but care I don't. about BMX. I don't care at all. I've yeah. tried. Is I've there tried really, really that much to say? No, he thinks there is. <laughs> He's going to listen Paul. to this and be like, we what, love a, you, Paul. what a schmuck. <laughs> and I am. Um, but yeah, so I'm really, um, so we have that podcast. Um, and I, I'm glad that you said you'll edit stuff out because he doesn't. Mm -hmm. So everything I say, 
is out there for yeah. everyone and my mother to hear. Yeah, because she, you I think drop she a listens. Few, um, you know, I I subscribe to the notion that um, explicit people are more intelligent. Having said that, I am explicit, and so I feel like that's a cop out because I also feel like I, I feel like that can be lazy sometimes. But I use it with gumption and good diction, so I don't feel like it's lazy <laughs> at all. Um, but yeah, so we have the podcast. We're drinking Reconati. I'm very excited about this wine. Isn't it good? And it's really it's good. It's stupid good. It's, it's really easy good. to drink too, which plus. I like that it's not super dry. No, it's actually very fruit forward. Yeah. Has an, um, as my friend who knows nothing about wine would say, it has an oaky afterbirth. <laughs> um, well, shout out to Sam there. Uh, he, he, he says it Sam. every time. Um, can you too? I'm pretty sure he's quoting The Office. Could be. I'm pretty could sure be. Michael I haven't Scott watched. Said. He could have. That could. That sounds like something, <laughs> Michael. And now my whole uh, thinking Sam is a comical genius has been shattered. You quoted so, a quote. I did unknowingly. <laughs> yes. So has an okay afterbirth. Um, so yeah. Actually, that's one of my favorite episodes of The Office. I know where it's from. It's the dinner party <laughs> episode. I was not aware. I feel like I'm red right now because I feel like my whole life is a lie. <laughs> like. We should probably start talking about your poem that you picked out. For we don't us. have to. This is so much fun. <laughs> we don't have to. Just, you know what? This is a break from a book and a bev. It's just a bev. Um, it's wonderful. It's not uh, even a book, actually. No, it's a poem. Well, when, you, when, when we talked about me coming on here, I just, there's so many books I could choose from, but they would take you, because I like the old classics and like some of the bigger books, and, and it would take you several years uh, to read, and I just didn't want to do that to you. While I'm in grad school. Thank you. Oh, I thought you were making like, well, I know how to read. I know that. Oh, but no. But then I realized you were thanking me. No, because I don't have time. Yeah, yeah. No, you have no life. I mean, uh, I, I helped fix your Jeep, and you were like, yeah, just get it to me when you get it to me. I'm like, that's her car, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I didn't mean you don't have a life. Like, I just meant. I feel like I have too much of a life. I don't have time to sleep. <sighs> I feel that. <laughs> I feel the not, I'm just going to go for it. Um, yeah, but we're not going to have enough of this wine for Culture Beast. Well, um, technically, if we do this wine in Culture Beast, it's technically a crossover. Mm. Between oh, like, like a mashup. Yeah, but like a crossover. Like, you yeah. know, when, when Scooby-Doo and Supernatural guys came together, yeah. <laughs> it's like Book and a Bev, Culture Beast. We're coming together. We should all do an episode together. I would love that. And call it Culture Bev. <laughs> So we're going to do a good podcast together, title pending. Or a book and a beast. Ooh. Because mm. we could talk about a book and then just like do the thing you guys do and talk about like your weekly update. Culture, Bev, a book and a beast. <laughs> that's really them good. Too. Yeah, we can combine them too. We should do it. That's, and that's completely sober, ladies and gentlemen. I've had four <laughs> sips of wine. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I, so I'm a, I'm a poem guy. I'm, I'm so weird because I complain about being lazy in my syntax and my grammar, but I'm, I, I love like very wordy things. Like one of my favorite books by Dumas is The Count of Monte Cristo. That is one of the most wordy books ever. <laughs> and, uh, but it's so good. Lord, Tolkien, same thing. Lord of the Rings is, uh, yes. I have tattoos from it. Love it's disgusting. Tolkien. Yeah, I'm a sucker for it. Um, so I have this thing. Well, I love other people being very intelligently, like, grammar-wise. Mm -hmm. But then I, I, I don't. 
I feel like you're very well-spoken. That comes from equal parts alcohol and insanity. (laughs) Um, No, it comes from, I think, just I love people, and so I've just learned to talk to them. I I, I think my podcast, I started it because I don't know how to talk. Really? That's fascinating. I'm really bad at talking. I, like, stutter, and I don't talk loud enough, and I, like, I've never think heard about... you stutter. What? I just I'm... did. Oh, I, did, I didn't hear. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Because when I, like, listen for stutters, like, you know, and you didn't do that. I, like, repeat the same word. You sound like a But, yeah, so I'm doing a poem, or we're talking about a poem. It's Ulysses by Alfred Lord Tennyson, and... Um, it's so, to me, it's so moving. Most people fall asleep during it. It's, it moves them to boredom. Um, but I, I find it so invigorating. I find it so motivational. And it really is a driving, I think, a force. If you pay attention to it, it's not mm-hmm. boring. No. I can see falling asleep to it if you're not paying attention. Yes. But when you pay attention to the words and the meaning behind what he's saying, you're not going to be bored. Like, and I completely agree. And I, I think that if you if it hits you the right way, it's wonderful. If if you don't care about it, this is going to be the most boring thing you've listened to <laughs> in a long time. Um, and I, I think I, you should read it. I don't. I don't want to read. Okay. Why? Okay, I'll read. I it. feel like no, like nobody nobody's has gonna, any context. Nobody's yeah. Nobody has no idea what this <laughs> no, son see. of a gun is badgering <laughs> on about. Um, okay, so Ulysses by Alfred Lord Tennyson. Wine, wine for courage. Um, <laughs> courage for our friends, Mary. Um, <clears throat> it little profits that an idle king, by this still hearth, among those these barren cages, matched with an aged wife, I met and dull, unequal laws unto a savage race, that hoard and sleep and feed and know not me. I cannot rest from travel. I will drink. Life to the lees, all times I have enjoyed. Greatly, have suffered greatly, both with those that love me and alone on shores and when those scudding drifts that rainy Hades vex the dim sea, I have become a name. For always roaming with a hungry heart, much have I seen and known cities of men and manners and climates, councils, governments, myself not least, but honored of them all. And drunk delight of battle with my peers, far on the ringing plains of windy Troy. I am a part of all that I have met. Yet all experience is an arch where throw. It's always a weird word. Because <laughs> you're just like, where throw? And I'm guessing that it means, oh, I have no idea what it means, um, gleams that untraveled worlds whose margins fade forever and forever when I move. How dull it is to pause, to make an end, to rust a burnished, not to shine in use, as though to breathe were life, life piled on life, were all too little and of one to me. Little remains, but every hour is saved from that eternal silence something more, a bringer of new things, and vile it were, for the, some three sons to store and hoard myself, and this gray spirit yearning in desire to follow knowledge like a sinking star beyond the utmost bound of human thought. And I'm going to skip over some stuff because the, I really want to read um, this, this last part. 
and you can read it. It's Google it, Ulysses by Lord, um, Alfred Lord Tennyson. But Tennyson, um, when he was writing, and for those of you who don't know, the, the, the Odyssey, you know, Odysseus, Homer, the, the person who first, he was a storyteller, he wasn't really a historian. Uh, Herodotus is the first recorded historian. There's a little nerdy nugget for you. Um, but he wrote this in a time where Ulysses had come back and found that, like, he was out of touch with his own reality, you know? And, like, he, what he knew wasn't what he knew. But he'd just been on a really vast journey that had really <laughs> taken some chunks out of him, if you know what I mean, figuratively and literally. Um, but this, this last few lines for me just, like, punched me in the gut every time I hear them. We are not now that strength which in old days moved heaven and earth. That which we are, we are. And it, it's, it's kind of, for me, it goes back to, I remember when I was, a, when, you know, since I'm a kid, I was like, I am going to be a mover and a shaker. I knew that I was destined for more than just mediocrity. Mm-hmm. Until whenever I settle for mediocrity, I get really grumpy. And a lot of your viewers might get mad at me for saying, oh, he just thinks he's it. No, I've just made enough mistakes and I've lived through enough crap mm-hmm. to where I know what I want, I know what I'm capable of, and I know what I'm going to do to get that. Hmm. That's interesting that that's what you got out of the last few lines because that was actually my favorite part of this mm-hmm. poem, but that's not what I got out of it. Not that that's well, wrong. Not, it, there's so many different things you could well, get out of this. That's Well, what I was alluding to what I was getting. So what I got out of it was is that when when I was younger, and I'm not, I mean, I'm 30, but when you get to 30, you'll realize just how significant that is because <laughs> um, things change and your mindset changes. I, will, I fully subscribe to the adage that men develop their brain at about 27 mm-hmm. because I woke up and I was been 27 for about a month and I was like, oh my God, I'm a schmuck. I'm a <laughs> moron. I've, I've, I've done bad. I've done bad things, you know. And um, so, so anyway, but... Before that, I was just like a blaze forward no matter what. We are not now that strength which in old days moved heaven and earth. I felt like I could move heaven and earth. And now I'm lucky if I can move off the couch to my bed. Um, You know, that which we are, we are. And that line to me is let's not not fluff it up. That which Mm -hmm. we are, we are. We're very aware of ourselves. Mm -hmm. Um, One equal temper of heroic hearts, unity. Mm-hmm. You know, um, made weak by time and fate, but strong in will. I think if you look at the civilization there, like if you take the Roman Empire, their will was still there, but time and fate, which if you take fate as some of the defeats they had, how their empire tumbled from within, they were made weak by that. Um, and then to strive, to seek, to find, and not to yield, we have to keep going. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the reasons I chose this to talk about was obviously we just had the election, not to make it political, but I think this is very much a call to arms, if we will, if you will, to not forget who we are or where we came from hmm. and what drove us to this point, whether that be dreams, ambition, or madness and insanity. Yeah. I think it's not, it's, so that's what I actually, that's what I got from it. The line made weak by time and fate, but strong in will, mm-hmm. that just kind of spoke to me as like the human condition mm. where like we as humans are weak <laughs> By time, because we all are gonna die. That was such a generic response. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> We're all gonna mm. die. We only yes, have so much. T- 
All right, I'm, I'll let See, you this is what I said about <laughs> you and Paul. I know, it's a problem. <laughs> yeah, people wonder why he doesn't like me. Uh-uh. Okay, so time and fate, that's what makes us weak, but we're strong in will. And I feel like so much of this poem is about his, like, he strives for more. Mm-hmm. And that's his will and his his will and his ambition. And that's what makes him strong as a human being. Like, people have this inner desire for knowledge and to find out, like, all the world can offer you. And I feel like even though we have a timeline, there's a lot you can do with the time you have. Absolutely. And I think... That's what I got out of the last part of it. Well, I think, and so many people... This is just personal opinion, so... If you don't agree, you know, leave a comment. But um, I, I think so many people have this urgency. This urgency to, well, I have to get all this stuff done. I have to get all this stuff done. And then they end up just worrying themselves to death and they don't get anything done. You know, um, I, I, I have a friend who, who's very successful and very wealthy. And uh, just built something from scratch. Like he's an entrepreneur. He's very, very, very successful. And he's he makes a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And he, t- I asked him one time. I said, "Do you like what you do?" And he said, "No, I don't do it because I like it. I do it because it works. It allows me to do the things that I like." Mm-hmm. For him, it's family. His family is the most important thing to him, and I think that's wonderful. Um, but yeah. So, and I think that so many people get caught up in, you know, I. I love this saying, you know, somebody says, um, somebody said, you know, well, those people that say I love my job, because a job is what we think defines us. He said, and people go, I love my job. It fulfills me. And this same person, friend of mine, says, well, if they stop paying you tomorrow, would you still love it? Would it still fulfill you? Mm-hmm. He says, helping people is what I love. It fulfills me. Yeah. And I think that, I think that so many people, like in this last line, in these last few lines, you know, it's. It's, they, they, have to, they have to find purpose. Mm-hmm. And so they find it in things. They don't find it themselves. That's and right. I think we've lost that. Yeah. Because so many people in history found that purpose in themselves. Mm-hmm. And, and usually, I mean, a lot of them through God, you know, but they found that purpose in themselves. Where you look at, mm-hmm. you know, in this, he mentions the great Achilles. You know, he's obviously, uh, it, um, Odysseus is from, is from Troy. He's, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's in the Greek empire. And, and, and so he's, you know, he mentions Achilles. Achilles bowed to no man and no god, even though his mother was a god. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, in lore, his mother was a god. It's like he bowed to no man and no god. He found that purpose within himself to change the fate of nations. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that we've all just become content with, well, I'm going to work a nine to five and, and take my two weeks vacation and, I'm going to teach my children to do the same, and, and that's it. Yeah. And I think that has made us weak by time and fate. From, like, very early on in school, it's just, who, who do you want to be when you grow mm-hmm. up? What do you want to do? What are you good at? Yeah. But and you don't talk enough about what matters to you, What what who do you really want to be mm-hmm. as a person. Absolutely. And I feel lucky with OT because... Like, I do define myself as somebody who wants to help people, and I get to Mm -hmm. do that through OT. So, like, I do get to make money, because we all need to make a living. Yep. So it does matter if you find a job. I love these people that say money doesn't bring you happiness. They (laughs) usually don't have any. Yeah. I mean, 
I could see it both ways. There are definitely people who are very never happy seen just a man crying in a Ferrari. Just saying. <laughs> never seen it happen. That's um, so I also like. Have not seen that. Yeah, see, you never seen it happen. No, no. Um, maybe when he dings it, I don't know. <laughs> um, but one of the things, like, I'm really good with children. I don't want to be a third grade teacher. Mm-hmm. I don't. Am I good at it? Yeah, I probably would be. Mm-hmm. Should I do it? No, because one day. One of those little farts would say something, and I'd drop kick him across the room. <laughs> and you're not supposed to do that. No. But that was terrible. I would not actually. No. I'd think about it. But, disclaimer. Yeah, I would disclaimer. Not. I would not drop kick children. Adults, okay. totally different story. Um, <laughs> so maybe it's his little, the little shyster's parents. I don't know. But my point is, is yeah, let's get to a point, please. Um, my point is, is that I, I think that fulfillment has to do with happiness and happiness has to do with an emotion mm-hmm. not a paycheck not a degree and not a you know a little tidbit commercial for yourself at a party mm-hmm. you know um, I help people in my job I do it every day and I help people when disaster strikes and when they're wondering this home that they worked so hard for and the things that they worked so hard for are flooded or fire damaged or whatever you know and it is fulfilling to me not because of the paycheck that I get not because of the job that we do but because of the look on their faces when they realize that even though water's pouring down the wall of their house and out of their light sockets, everything's gonna be okay. Mm-hmm. That is fulfillment to me. And that is something that I have, um, that'll, that in, in f- spurs me to move heaven and earth to do it. Hmm. So I think we could have literally just not read this whole thing, but the last five lines, because the, it sums it up, but it has so much about humanity in it. Mm-hmm. And it's my, it's the, those are the lines I read over. That over was my again. favorite part, too. It's really interesting. Well, Tennyson also drank a lot. <laughs> so there's a lot of meaningless fluff in the middle that he couldn't string words together. But um, I'm a huge fan. Uh, I just, we are not now that in strength, which in old days moved heaven and earth. That is an admittance of I have lost a step. I'm not as young or as strong as I've used to be. Mm-hmm. And I've made mistakes to get here. And I think when you said the human condition, this is what the human condition should be. Mm-hmm. It's not because we have those sinful things like pride mm-hmm. and, and ego and, you know, pride is a prickly little son of a gun. And I struggle with it more than anybody I know. Um, and it, it wins sometimes, mm-hmm. I'll be honest. Um, but I think this is a great, these five lines are a combatant against that. Because they are an admittance of, I'm not the man I used to be, but I will not give up. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think the world would be a lot cooler if more people were like that. What do you think about the line, to follow knowledge like a sinking star beyond the utmost bound of human thought? Because that line stood, stood out to me. Where's that line? This one. To follow knowledge like a sinking star beyond the utmost bound of human thought. I think that uh, that's knowledge, isn't it? We're always striving for, to know more and to, to see more and to create more. Yeah, it seems to me like he's reaching for something. This entire poem, mm-hmm. he's like grasping to know more. Mm-hmm. And that line, to follow knowledge like a sinking star, it just reminds me of the story of Adam and Eve. Because Yeah, it didn't go so well for them, did it? I don't feel like knowing everything is all that important. 
Like, I don't think humans are meant to know everything. Like, mm-hmm. uh, like I feel really uncomfortable with, like, artificial intelligence. and. Well, I've seen Terminator. I'm uncomfortable with it, too. <laughs> Just like people. We have countless movies telling us yeah. why this. And with why that, it's like, a bad idea. bringing back dinosaurs, same thing. Yes, exactly. We've done cinematic tests. Mm-hmm. We've got the data. It's a bad idea. Um, so how do you feel about him seeking more knowledge and trying to get answers out of everything because that's that's the only thing that I found to be problematic in this poem that I think sometimes simplicity is better ignorance is bliss yeah um, I, my thoughts go to a man a scientist uh, he's a, uh, a physicist um, named J. Robert Oppenheimer and he was one of the physicists on the Manhattan Project I don't know if you're familiar Manhattan Project was the secret American research um, think tank, if you will, to develop the atomic bomb. Mm. And when they first tested, they had the first successful test of the uh, first atom bomb. That was an atom bomb back then, not a hydrogen or nuclear bomb. It's an atom bomb. Um, and it used, you know, they, they basically set off a chain reaction with atoms and, you know. See, that um, proves my point. Why do people need to know how to do well, that? Well, <laughs> he, he's, because they wanted to win the war. The war was becoming bloody. And, and um, Albert Einstein, another great scientific mind, actually wrote letters to every a lot of um, world leaders and to Oppenheimer and to please do not do this. Mm-hmm. He was in on it, like he knew what was going on. He said, "Please do not do this." Mm-hmm. And when the first atom bomb test detonated, and the sky went dark, and that mushroom cloud came up, and the shock wave hit him, and they, it was so literally, if you stared at it from miles away, you'd go blind. Okay. Like, it evaporates anything within, like, a couple, like, ten miles. Mm-hmm. Like, you're gone. Mm-hmm. There's nothing left. And he's, they're standing there in the wake, and the, and the mushroom cloud is still there. I mean, it takes a while to dissipate. And he's, he quoted the Quran. He said, I've now become death, the destroyer of worlds. And I think in that moment, he realized that in his quest for knowledge, in his quest for that sinking star, he had unlocked Pandora's box. Hmm. He had unlocked, in that moment, he knew that this weapon was going to decide the fate of our world. And I still believe one day it will. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you can't have that many, that much power with one guy's finger on the trigger. Yeah. And you can't have- We're not meant to have power like or, that. That's, that's a godly power. You know, mm-hmm. um, and he, it messed him up. If you read on him, he, it messed him up. Mm-hmm. And there's only two times that a, a weapon of mass destruction has been used, and that was Hiroshima and Nagasaki. And we did it both times. Um, I'm really, and I'm, I'm going to go on a rant here, and I apologize to your viewers in advance, but <laughs> I'm so tired of we're pointing fingers at the Middle East, we're pointing fingers at North Korea, we're pointing fingers at the Russians, and we're pointing fingers, which are all doing bad things. But I think it's really easy to point fingers at somebody and try to use it to erase your past sins. Look at what we did with the Native American. Look at what we did with the Japanese. Look at what we did by our choice of letting the Russians take Berlin. Look at what we did in the Crusades, cat, and, and this is going to cause some controversy, so you can decide if you want to cut Not it out. Not to mention the environment. Yeah, well, yeah. 
we've destroyed. This earth's never going to recover. People haven't gotten that grasp yet. It's never going to recover. Not in a million years. Never going to be the same mm -hmm. as God designed it and built it to be. But this is quite the tangent, and it's yeah, but, it's but very it's, bleak. <laughs> yeah, but it's also it's it's a it's what happens yeah. when human beings try to act like God. Yes. And last time human beings thought they were better than God, he wiped them all out. Mm -hmm. And he said he'd never do it again. And I'm not one to tell God how to live his life because I've tried that before. It didn't go well for me, but man, I bet he's kicking himself for that one. Do you feel like Alfred Lord Tennyson would agree with that? Or do you think he's making a different point? I think Alfred Lord Tennyson was an intellectual. So I think he always finds, and this is speculation, so speculation alert, burp, burp, burp. <laughs> I think, like most intellectuals, not only was he striving to know more and to, and to find more and create more, but he also knew what that would mean. He also knew that he would lose a little bit more of his humanity and gain a little bit more divinity, and that is not a balance. Mm -hmm. when, God, when, when humans decide whether you can save somebody you know, with, with medical advancements. Not that I'm not, I'm alive because of some medical advancements. When, when humans take, taking a life in their own hands, when it's, 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 it's throwing off a balance. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, I think that, that Tennyson, I think that human beings, a lot of us flirt with that line. And I think that's what Tennyson is doing here. Mm -hmm. And in and, and, and through Odysseus, he's flirting with that line of, of, of balance, of losing our humanity to become more divine. Mm -hmm. And that is not what God teaches. God teaches, have faith in me. Mm -hmm. I'll handle it. Yeah, let me be divine. Yeah, let me be divine. <laughs> let me be God. Yes. And whenever we, I think we try to take that from him, it doesn't go so well. And it, it doesn't for Odysseus, mm -hmm. you know? It doesn't, yeah. and it, it and I think Tennyson knew that because what I think, if you read this in of its entirety, and then I would encourage you if you ever want to read it again, put on some really like like, Toccato and Fugue, like some sort of melancholy like, uh, Mozart's um, the funeral mass, the, the requiem mass that he wrote, and then read it. This was his death speech. This was his. I've lived my life. I've gone on my journey. I came back. Everything is crazy. It's not the world I left. It's not the world I want. He's done. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I'm, 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 I am strong-willed, but I've been made weak by time and fate. I chased the knowledge. I chased. It says here, for always roaming with a hungry heart, much have I seen and known, cities of men and manners and climates, councils, governments, myself not least, but honored of them all. He's been, I've been there. I've done that. Mm -hmm. I came back lesser. Mm-hmm. All I did was come back. I still have my will, but I'm tired. And so I think if you, if you read it in that, that connotation, like, and there's little, there's little hints that, that Tennyson drops in. Um, I cannot rest from travel, I will drink. Life to the lees, all time I have enjoyed. All times I have enjoyed. And then he says, um, uh, to rust unburdenish, not to shine in use. As though to breathe were life, life piled on life, were all too little, and of one of me. Little remains, but every hour is saved from that, 
but every hour is saved from that eternal silence. Like he, I think, I think he's, he knows that he's dying. Mm-hmm. I didn't think about it. And I think that um, in offices of tenderness and pay meet adoration to my household gods when I am gone. Mm-hmm. He works his work yeah. by mine. That is what it seems like he's saying. There lies the port. The vessel puffs her sails. There gloom the dark, broad seas. My mariners, souls that have toiled and wrought and thought of me. And I think the end, those last five lines that you and I seem to, to be moved by and love so much, I think it's a little glimmer of hope at the end of his life. His parting wisdom to us. Yeah. And, yeah. I think that's a great note to end on. Yes, please. Let me. I'm not good at this at all. You're so good. I don't like it. No, I don't you, like it at all. You've been such an awesome guest. That's because I brought wine. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, lo- I love, I'm trying to make every episode different. And I like that. I don't, I don't know if I know anybody who would have chosen this poem besides you. Well, I'm a super nerd. Yeah, I, I love it. Thank you. I'm glad yeah. you like it. Um, I have many more I can bring to the table. Yeah, I can send you. You may have inspired my like ten listeners to read poetry. I, if if I may, um, Alfred Lord Tennyson's great. Lord Byron, if you want to hear about a Casanova style man who had syphilis, um, very uh, Lord Byron was a <laughs> oh boy. Um, I love Poe. Edgar Allan Poe to me is a, a big fan. The Raven. Um, Love the Raven, the Pit and the Pendulum, um, the Masquerade of the, or the uh, Masquerade of the Red Death, I think. Is that the Masquerade of the Red Masquerade of Death? Whatever it is. Um, yeah, it's all, I mean, just the Mask of Red Death. Something of that sort. Mm-hmm. It's about the plague. <laughs> it's so good. So good. Um, that one in particular, like, they locked themselves in this castle and just had this party to avoid the plague. And then the Mask of the Red Death is this Mask of Red Death, thank you. And it moves basically three room, killing them in the plague. And it's brilliant. Oh, gosh, it's brilliant. Very relatable to today's quarantine. Yes. Poetry is really intimidating, and it's daunting. There's a good $5 word for you. It's daunting. But I encourage you to muster your courage and um, get nerdy with me. Yeah. Because it, it, it's so much deeper than any literature, if you will, like novelistic fictional literature I think it's so much deeper there's so much to unpack with poetry and it's relatable to your life for anybody however you need it Um, I'm really excited to see if somebody likes poetry yeah you guys should leave comments let us know reach out to Hugh if you want to nerd it out I have so many poems I can bring what's your Instagram Uh, at Cigar Hugh well, thank you for this. Yeah, this was fun. This was so fun. Yeah, I hope I hope you think that. She's like, cuts off. And she's like, I'm never doing this again. No, this was so, great. So. Good. This has been a Book and Bev production. Yeah.